It is so great to be here. I am pretty nervous, to be honest with you. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I am grateful to, uh, for the opportunity to bring the Word of God. And uh, it's been, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you to be paying attention. You know, I am Hispanic, as you can probably tell, right? Uh, born and raised in Mexico, the south part of uh, Mexico, last state of the Mexican Republic, and came to Oklahoma. This year will be 14 years to meet America. When I uh, first came, I was just barely able to speak a few words in English. And now you know I can speak a little more. So you really need to pay attention because otherwise you're going to be like, what? what did he just say? <laughs> well, <laughs> I try to do my best, you know. Uh, but I want to talk to you about key practices for a blessed life. And I just realized this morning, I told the first service that I brought my, span my Bible in Spanish. So I, I am so glad that I have the words in in the screen, otherwise, I'll have to read it to you in Spanish. <clears throat> you know, but um, habits shape our lives. Pastor Steve will start a new sermon series next week, and we didn't even know, you know, we didn't get into agreement, but I was actually going to speak about these key practices for a blessed life, and it has to do with habits. You know, according to the world counts in the psychology of habits, 40% of our actions are not conscious decisions, but habits. The American Dictionary defend, defines a habit as a recurrent, often unconscious pattern of behavior that it is acquired through frequent, frequent repetition. It becomes part of our lives. And you know, discipline, discipline beats talent. It doesn't matter how talented you are if there's no discipline in life, if there's no hard work to do one thing and then do it again and do it again and then do it again. It doesn't matter how smart you are, how, this, how, how talented you are, you will not achieve your results because, you know, our lives are the results of habits. They define the direction that we are going. And to give you an example... We'll talk about fleas. You know, the, in Mexico City, they actually have this, this on the streets, the shows that are called the, the Circus of Fleas, where you can just go see those tiny animals, you know. But did you know that a flea can jump 200 times its length? You know, they, are, they can jump really high. That's how they get from animal to animal. You know, you wonder, how did you get fleas? Well... You know, they can jump really, really high. And then, so a flea is caught in a, and put in a yard without a lid. Well, you can pretty much guess it. They can just escape uh, by just jumping right out of the, the jar. So the flea trainer quickly puts a lid in the yard, and then he leaves it there for three days. When the flea jumps, you know, it hits his head and then falls down. And then over and over, the flea will jump again and hit his little head and then, and then fall down. And then after some time, you can see that the flea that is jumping almost to the lid. This is what's surprising, that the flea keeps jumping, but then they quickly learn. If I reach the top, I'm going to hit my head. I don't want to do it. So it, 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 it jumps almost to the, to the, to the top of the jar and then no longer as high as he can jump. Now, it seems like a pretty smart flea to me, right? But the strange to see is what happens when you take the lid off. That flea continues to jump. 
just almost to where the lead was. It won't jump any higher, and you know, its offspring will continue to follow the same pattern. The flea has hit a limit to what it could do. He decided that he could not go any higher and never will try to improve. And even though the limit is no longer there, the lead is no longer there, he can jump and be free. He will stay stuck doing what he always did and not challenging himself. That shows you right there how powerful a habit can be in our lives. The habits that we develop have a lot to do with the direction of our lives. Fortunately, it is never, never too late to change our habits. This is the power of the good news of the Bible, that God is with us. And with God's help, we can always improve. Again, I say, it requires hard work. It requires discipline. It requires getting out of our comfort zone. But our habits can change. And in our message today, I want us to look at three practices that God is calling us and challenges us to develop in our Christian life. And it is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. Let's read it together. It says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. In Christ Jesus. Pretty easy, right? We can read it again. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ. The Apostle Paul is nearing the end of his letter to the church of Thessalonica. And in these three short verses, he leaves us three key practices for our daily walk as believers in Christ. He emphasizes and says, this is God's will for your life. This is what God wants you and me to do every day. And if we can develop these habits, we will be on our way to a successful life. The first habit, the first practice we need to practice is this. Choose joy. Verse 16 says, rejoice always. The NLT version reads, always be joyful. The Hispanic version, estar siempre gozosos. Rejoice always. Now somebody might ask, you know, how can I be happy all the time? Life has its moments of happiness and sadness. And in the course of one single day, we can experience a roller coaster of emotions. We can start the day with a smile and finish our day with tears. How can we be happy all the time? It is important to understand that the Bible uh, through Paul the Apostle is not inviting us to, to put a fake smile. It's not saying, hey, have a fake happiness that is not there, a, a happiness that we do not feel. You know, we know that the Christian should be joyful. And sometimes there is a little pressure to look like we're happy in our hearts when we truly do not feel or we're something different. You know, one day uh, there's this couple, uh, they were driving to church and they had a pretty heated conversation. You know, 
This happens often with marriage couple, but not too much to the Christian people, right? <clears throat> so they were just arguing in the car, and then they come to the church, and then the pastor say, hey, my brother, how are you doing? And then he responds, I am blessed. I am just blessed this morning. He was just arguing with his wife. That is not the kind of happiness that God is telling us to do. It's not, it's not positive thinking, you know, it's not saying if you hope that everything is going to go well, well, it'll just happen. Just be positive. Just think about good things, you know. This is not what he's saying. It's that we have to understand something, my brothers, that true joy does not depend on the circumstances. Through joy, it is the product of, of who we are in Christ, in fact. The Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is, can you say it with me, is love and then joy. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It has to do more, uh, it has to do more than just mere circumstances. Somebody says that happiness comes from happenings, you know. And just as it comes with happenings, it quickly goes away. Maybe you buy a nice car and then you get really excited, right? You wash that car once a week or every three days because it is such a beautiful blessing and then you're all excited or you get a new house and then just like happiness comes with happenings, comes so quickly, but then a few years later you still have, you know, an old car with new car payments, And then what happened to the, happen, to the happiness? We get really excited. Joy is more than that. It is the result of understanding that Jesus loves us. And listen to me. Because Jesus loves us, we have a hope. Amen? Because he died on the cross for us, we have a great future. Though we may battle with things in this world, we are never, never alone. Though I walk in the valley of shadow of death, I will not fear because you are with me. Though my mom and my, my mother and my father lead me, my God will never forsake me. Joy is the result of understanding that we always have a hope in Jesus Christ. But here is the thing. We have to develop a habit of choosing joy. We have to choose joy. We can focus our attention in the problems and difficulties, and then joy will be go out of our lives so quickly. Or we can lift our eyes to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know why I'm going through this, but I know that you are with me, and I am never alone. I put my hope and my trust in you. Paul himself is a testimony of what it means to choose joy. He was preaching in the city of Philippi, the Bible says, and then he was arrested and put in jail. Before he was put into jail, he was beaten, and he was in pain. He was probably bleeding. Roman jails didn't offer any comfort. The Bible said that he was put in chains. And then him and his partner Silas were in the cell. The Bible says, but midnight, they started singing praises. 
I don't know what they sung. Maybe I have decided to follow Jesus. Shouldn't they have been complaining? Shouldn't they have said, Lord, I am serving you. Why am I going through this if I am serving you? Instead at midnight, the Bible says, they started singing. Do you see? They had their feet in chains. They had their hands in chains. But their mouth and their lips were free. And they could sing to the God of hope in the midst of every situation. They had joy in the midst of their bad situation. They decided to look at a Christ. They decided to remember that they were loved. That they had a hope and a reason to live. This allowed them to sing in the middle of the jail. Every day, my brothers and sisters, you and I. Every day, you and I can choose joy. I don't mean to tell you, you know, that do not feel sad when bad things happen. But underneath of every other feeling, we can have a foundation of joy. If we cultivate it every day, if we remember every day who our Lord is, if we remember His promises, and overall, if we remember how much He loves us. Let us practice joy. The second practice we need to cultivate is this. Pray continually. Pray continually. We know that Paul is not calling us to seclude in a place where we can be 24-7 dedicated completely to prayer. It would not be practical to do so, right? We have to work. We have to sleep. We have to eat. And then we have to eat again. And then... We got to do many other things that we, we just cannot be continuously praying. But, you know, Paul is calling us to make prayer a practice of our lives, a habit of our lives. Prayer is the breathing of the soul. It's the way that we can express our communion with God. It is the way that we can connect with Him and, through, uh, and show our faith. You know, with technology right nowadays, it is just amazing. When I first came to Oklahoma um, 14 years ago, I couldn't dial my parents. They all live in Mexico. But now, all I do is just right here. I do is just look at and call and so immediately. Well, let me tell you something. Prayer is even faster than that. All you have to do is just lift up your voice, and the Lord is there to hear your prayers. On Monday evening, you know, the 5th of July, it was a holiday for, uh, for many of us that we didn't have to go to work. And so I was sitting on the couch with my uh, wife. We were, I don't remember what we were watching. Uh, but then my six-year-old, uh, Giselle, came uh, to talk to us. And Giselle, you know, she's pretty mature for her age. She, when she talks to you, she looks at you like straight through the face. She doesn't just... She just goes and looks to you in the eye to tell you. And so she came and looked, and she told me, Papi, that's the Hispanic word for daddy. Papi, she said, um, I really want you to buy these chocolates to me. And, you know, she showed me the picture on the phone, kisses of Hershey's. 
And she said, because I asked mommy to buy it for me. And she said, no, because they were so expensive. She said, I want you to buy it for me. But if you don't have the money, you will have to work harder so you can get the money. (laughs) I loved her expression. She was so serious. She was so, you know... She was trusting, and it made me laugh, but it also made me realize how confident she was that I, her daddy, could buy her chocolates or make it happen by working harder. (laughs) This is what prayer is about, is knowing we can confidently come to God every time, every day, at any time. When something good happens, our natural reaction is to say, thank you, Lord. When we have a need, then our first reaction is to say, Lord, help me. And when we do something, when we have to do something that is very difficult, the first thing we say is, Lord, give me strength. Now, for this to happen, it's important that we make time to spend with God in prayer. Those moments that we, sp- that we spend in prayer in the morning puts us in the right track with God. They connect us to Him We spend when we spend time with Him and we say amen before you head to work, before you go wherever you're going. It's not to close the communication with God. We are not hanging up the phone. We have the line open so that we can talk to Him at any time. We see an example of this in Nehemiah in the Bible. The man that God used to build the fallen walls of Jerusalem. When he appeared before the king, he, he asked permission to help him uh, to go so that he could rebuild the walls. The king commented of his downcast appearance. He was not himself. He was, he was sad. And the king said, what's wrong with you? And then Nehemiah expl- explained the situation to him and ask for his help. Nehemiah chapter 2 uh, verse 4 tells us what he did, did so in his own words. He said, the king said to me, what is it that you want? Then I pray to the God of heaven. Now obviously, Nehemiah didn't ask the king permission to take a few moments to go pray. He didn't say, just hold on a minute, let me run and say a prayer. No, he quickly prayed. He silently prayed. His prayer was short and silent, but God worked in the heart of the king. Because this verse tells us that Nehemiah had spent some time before alone with God. My brothers, we can pray at any time, but it'll be much easier and more natural to do so if we have set aside some time to dedicate ourselves to prayer in the morning. When we, Jesus calls us and he said, enter into your room and pray secret in your, with your father. When we have done so, the prayers that we raise through, throughout the day have more power. A life of victory is a life of prayer. Amen? A third practice that we need to, that we need to make a habit is this. It's in verse 18. Give thanks. In all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. The third key is to express gratitude. But let's, let's, let's pay close attention 
to what Paul is writing. He is not saying, give thanks for all circumstances. Instead, he is saying, give thanks in all circumstances. Maybe you had one of those days when everything goes wrong. Have you had those days? Everything goes wrong. In fact, you would be surprised that I have one of those days this morning. I was sitting here at 8.20 in the morning on my truck, getting ready, just praying, getting ready to come in, get a coffee, and be ready for the first service. And then I realized I didn't bring my jacket. And I live in Yukon. I had to rush, making sure that the police would not see me. I couldn't be at 80 miles per hour, so I just have to be in constant prayer. Lord, help me make it to the first service. And I made it. <laughs> there are some times where everything goes wrong. God is not calling you to say, oh, God, thank you so much because my car broke down. Lord, thank you so much because a dog bit me in the street or thank you because I'm homesick with the flu. Hallelujah. No, no, no. Paul is what he's wanted us instead is this. Find a reason to thank God. Even in the midst of your situation. Now I told you, right? That it is a habit that requires discipline and repetition. And this is hard to do. How many of your co-workers, of your friends, and I'm not, I'm not asking you to judge them, or people that you know, are people that constantly express gratitude? It's something that is hard to do. One of the people that inspire me in the Bible it's Gaius in the third book of John, verse 2. John writes to him, and he said, look at it. It says, Third uh, uh, John chapter, uh, verse 2. He says, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. Now, the, Hispanic, uh, the, the, the Spanish version, Reina Valera, says it a, a little different that it's easier for me to understand. He said, he said to Gaius, dear brother, I hope that your soul is, that your body is as healthy as your soul is. We know that Gaius was not a pastor. He was just a member of the church like you and me. But he was a sick man. We didn't know what was his problem we didn't know if he had problems with his back pain or if he was a blind man or if he couldn't walk. We don't know what was wrong, but something was wrong with his body. And you know that life is difficult when your body just doesn't respond to you as you wish to do. Are you with me? As we get older, unfortunately, it gets worse. You know, I'm only 37, right? Even though I have a lot of white hair already. I'm only 37, but the other day I got up, uh, you know, one of these mornings literally just happened to me, and then I had pain on my foot. And then 
I told my wife, I don't know what's happening to me. I, I don't remember, you know, bending my, nothing. Out of the nowhere, the pain was there, and it lasted for probably one or two days. So I was just walking like this. It's difficult when your body is in pain. It's difficult when, when your mind is so young and, and you, know, you want to do everything, but your body just doesn't respond. Well, well, we have a man right here that says, look, my brother, I wish and I pray that you may enjoy good health. I really hope that your body will be as healthy as your spirit is. You know, because there is a time where your body may not respond, where things not go the way you want. And as we age, things might not be the best. But, but you know, our spirit can always remain young and full of the presence of God if we only practice an attitude of gratitude to God. Again, I repeat, I am not talking about a positive mindset. mindset. You know, positive things, you know, positive thinking can help you just a little bit. But, you know, the problem is deeper. Some people will tell you, look for the good in any situation. And, and this is not a bad advice, but God calls us to go further. You cannot just wish things to get better. God, life is hard. And has some horrible moments. God is inviting us to be aware of his care and love. Because no matter what you are going through, God cares for you. I may not understand what is, what, what's happening to you. Your friend cannot even understand. Your family member may not even comprehend what you are going through. But God cares, and he loves you. And then we can thank him because we have eternal life in Jesus. When we close our eyes in this, in this world, we will open it to see the one who came to save us. You know, C.S. Lewis says, that we are not spiritual beings having a, uh, ha, we are not, uh, let me try to translate this. I always have trouble because I know it's in Spanish. But he says, you know, uh, no somos seres espirituales. There you go. We are not, <laughs> we are not uh, uh, man, I just don't know how to translate it. <laughs> he said, we are, yeah, I know. We are not earthly people having a spiritual experience. There we go. But instead, he says, we are spiritual beings having an earthly experience. We will only be here for a short while. And after this world, we will always, we will always forever be with the one who changed our lives, our Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad for that? We will be with him. The song says, and then after 10,000 years have passed, we will still be with him. He loves us. He will help us overcome any situation. As a pastor, I speak to people that say, I don't know if I will be able to change. I don't know if I can overcome this. I don't know if, my, if things will get better I am here to tell you, not that things will get better. I am here to tell you that God is with you. And you can find reasons to thank him. He deserves it. 
There is a story about a blind man who was on a busy street with a sign asking for money. Only a few people gave him some coins. But that particular day, a guy was walking by going to work and saw him as he was asking for money. And then he, he approached to him and he said, hey, buddy, can I help you write something different on your sign? And he said, yeah, that's fine. He gave him the sign back and then he walked to work. The blind man then started seeing that people were approaching him, giving him money that day. And he was amazed because even though he couldn't see, he could hear people dropping money into his basket that day. He got really excited. When the day ended, the guy who helped him with the sign was return, returning from work and passed by him and said, Hey, how, how did you do today? And he said, Well, look. I actually had a lot of people come and gave me money today. And the blind man asked him, what did you write on my, on my sign? The guy replied, oh, something simple. I just wrote this. Today is the first day of spring, and I am unable to see it. You see, people were about their, when about their date, but when they saw the sign... It caused them to see how blessed they are to be able to see. Aaron, isn't it a blessing for us to be in the house of God this morning? Aren't we blessed to be able to breathe today and say to our mom or dad or brothers or sisters, say, hey, buddy, I just want you to know today I love you. Aren't we blessed to know that we are no longer alone? That Jesus is with us, no matter what. Life is hard. And we will go through different trials and tribulations. The Lord said, in this world you will have trials and tribulations. And as a pastor, sometimes I talk to people that I just so wish, I just so wish I could take away their pain. I just so wish I could do more. Life is difficult. But see, if we not focus in the problem, but if we focus on the hope that we have in Christ, if we turn to our attention to the one who said, I am with you. All the days of your life, I will carry through. I will never forsake you. And I end with this story you probably have heard about the guy who could see, um, who, who, ¿cómo se dice? Huellas en español, in English. His footprints, thank you. Every day he would walk with the Lord and he will see his footprint and Jesus' footprints. But then 
When trials and tribulations came, he could only see one set of footprints. And he would get sad and depressed. When the end of his time came and he went to heaven, the story says, you know, the analogy says that he asked Jesus, Jesus, I saw that when everything was wrong, there was only one set of footprints, not two. Why did you leave me? And Jesus said, no, you're wrong. I never left you. You know what happened? When you were in trials and tribulations, I was carrying you. Those were my footprints. Discipline beats talent. If we practice, if we choose joy, if we pray continually, if we practice expressing gratitude towards God, I can assure you, not because I said so, because the Bible said that this is the will of God, you will have a successful life. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, your word is always encouraging us. And today your presence is here to remind us to practice choosing joy. Your presence is here to remind us to pray continually. Your presence is here to remind us to find reasons to express gratitude. Thank you, Lord, that you are here with us through your Holy Spirit to help us overcome. And so today, we receive your word with a humble heart. And we ask you, Lord, that with discipline, with dedication, today, we will choose joy, not happiness. That today, Lord, we will choose joy because that in itself will bring happiness. That today, Lord, we will not go out to our homes, but the line is open to pray every day. And Lord, especially for those that are going <clears throat> through a difficult season of time, would you help us? Would you help them find a reason to thank God? For this is your will, that we may have a victorious life in Christ Jesus. We thank you and we love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And the people of God said,